Well, the sun is shining, the birds are singing it, stay from real, and thanks so much for joining me on the Property Pulse podcast. Once again, on this podcast, we hope to bring you the first principles of real estate. They're those things that affect real estate no matter where you may be anywhere around the world. And of course, that comes from my experience as a real estate agent, having sold over a thousand properties over the last two decades. So whether you're thinking about buying, selling, investing, or you're just a real estate enthusiast, perhaps even you're a real estate agent, then I hope you find heaps in this podcast that helps you. Today's podcast is an audio version of my latest newsletter that was distributed just before Christmas. If you haven't already subscribed to my newsletter and would like to get this in a written form every Wednesday morning in your inbox, then please reach out to me via my new website, davestockbridge.com.au. So this podcast is all about my 2020 observations and my 2021 predictions. So firstly, a massive thank you to everyone that supports me here on the podcast, via my newsletters, the general public who attend my open inspections and all those people that are kind enough to list their property for sale with me. I truly appreciate it. This year has tested us all and I'm fortunate to enjoy the support of some wonderful ambassadors of my business and I've never been more grateful for that than in 2020. A recent determination by the Commissioner of Consumer and Business Services here in South Australia now allows real estate agents to reward referrers from outside of the industry. Previously, it was only possible for me to pay another real estate agent or registered real estate agent uh, a referral. But now, this means that I can now offer a $500 Bunnings gift voucher to anyone kind enough to refer me to a friend that sells and settles with me. Now, this is great news as the interpretation of the act for many years precluded any party other than a registered agent from sharing in the benefit of a sale. Now, I can say thank you to you in a more meaningful way. So regardless where you might be listening to this, anywhere around the world, if you happen to have friends or family that are here in my jurisdiction of South Australia, just mention my name out to them. If they list and sell with me, you'll be receiving a $500 voucher. So here are my 2020 observations. Number one, people prefer to support local brands. That's never been more obvious than it has been over the last six or so months as people have realized the importance of investing in their local businesses small businesses have really struggled through the pandemic much more than say the amazons the googles and and the big retail giants and um and shopping center duopolies unfortunately we um, find ourselves in a circumstance in uh, most of the Western world where shoppers are really restricted in terms of supermarket options. There's usually two or maybe three dominant brands in any particular marketplace and sometimes even less than that. Many small towns only have the one brand of supermarket to attend. So it's become really difficult for smaller players in that space to prosper. And it would appear that the smaller the business, the more restrictive uh, the local guidelines have been 
for those businesses and making it all the harder for them to succeed. But it's wonderful to see that as those businesses have been able to open, how quickly people have run to support them. And, uh, and, and now we need to do that more than ever. But it's just been really interesting to be an observation uh, of that phenomenon over the last six or so months. Number two observation for 2020 is that humans are very adaptable. It's hard to imagine, say, 18 months ago, humans living with the restrictions around the world as they are right now. Even in the United States, a bastion for free thought and freedom of expression, movement and opportunity, uh, it seems that businesses are being shut down there as they are anywhere else. It really does seem that we've become so attuned to the new normal that um, we've actually given up on the way of life that we enjoyed before. So it's quickly as things have changed, um, things could easily uh, move back. That pendulum may well shift back the other way once this pandemic is under control. Uh, and once again, it'll all just feel like a bit of a, a bad dream perhaps. But either way, I'm confident that humans are so adaptable and so ready for any challenge, so flexible in thought and have a wonderful ability to adjust that regardless of what's on the other side of this, humanity will be the big winner. Number three, secondhand car prices have increased during the pandemic between five to 20%. Now this has been quite extraordinary and a little like the predictions um, of not that long ago of property prices dropping. Um, it seemed that uh, vehicle new car sales in particular uh, stalled, but the government uh, uh, in Australia, uh, the federal government made available to uh, small businesses um, actually small to medium, even some large businesses, the capacity to be able to write off up to $150,000 in asset purchases. Now that immediately underpinned new car sales and it made it really difficult to secure secondhand vehicles because of course those people that already had those vehicles that weren't upgrading were holding on to them and uh, and and because of restrictions uh, a lot of people just weren't bringing their secondhand cars to market if they were actually even in the mode of selling because well what's the point when nobody can come and have a look um, so a lot of those people um, just didn't sell their vehicles and so that's led to a constriction of stock availability and a, a, a peaking in pricing collectible vehicles in particular have seen quite the surge in values over just the last few months. So that's a really interesting observation. Number four, least amount of property transactions in 20 years. Now think of, just for a moment, think of how many new homes have been built uh, in your area over the last 20 years. Then just imagine that in spite of all of that new construction, transactional activity was less than 20 years ago. So in percentage terms, this is a um, really the one headline figure from 2020, which made the biggest singular difference to our real estate market. It speaks to supply being so tight that property values have then seen a spike. So 
It is simply because of a low property transactional activity that we find ourselves in a situation that even though we're in an economic crisis in the middle of a pandemic, property prices continue to increase. So number five, never has there been more record prices achieved. So this is really that supply and demand equation really playing out before our very eyes. Number six, ABC predictions of a 33% drop in values, property values in March, was proven to be fake news. I was very, very surprised at how quickly our national broadcaster was keen to spread disinformation, misinformation, fake news, whatever you like to call it, with respect to the real estate market based on no evidence whatsoever, because of course this whole thing was very much unprecedented. So based on no evidence whatsoever, the national broadcaster was keen to share with the world that real estate values were about to drop by 33%. Um, instead of perhaps using some editorial discretion and understanding to the extent that that may lead to widespread panic, the ABC chose to go with those bold and unsubstantiated claims, speaking to the editorial integrity of the ABC in 2020. Seven, never has there been less mortgagee sales. And that's simply because it's become very, very easy for people to claim hardship. And the federal government has put in place some COVID protections for those people who are in particular experiencing difficulties as a result of uh, COVID restrictions. Small business people, uh, people with restaurants, um, they've offered the opportunity for people to put their mortgages on hold um, and really worked closely. And to their credit, they've worked very, very closely to ensure that the tsunami wave of mortgagee sales that was predicted just never occurred. And so there's never been less mortgagee sales than over the last six or so months. I don't believe either that we'll see a spike in mortgagee sale activity in the new year. It would appear that two of the big four major banks here in Australia uh, have formed squads. I'm going to call them squads, but teams of people perhaps is a better way to refer to them as being. But teams of people who are dedicated to working very, very closely with those people that are still experiencing hardship genuinely and uh, making sure that they're given every opportunity to hold on to their home and to have credit made available to them in the future. So this is a, a very positive sign and it's definitely had a stabilizing effect in our economy, in our real estate market, and because of there hasn't been that flood of sales, hardship sales come to market, it's uh, led to this spike in values. So number eight, social media giants officially became openly censorious. Um, regardless of whether or not you agree with whatever it is that a political leader may say, you can't surely disagree with their right to say it. Um, also, it would appear that uh, social media giants 
have made a determination that you're unable to research matters for yourself, regardless of whether that is with respect to the pandemic or whether it's with respect to political opinion. It would appear that the social media giants now have a, an open agenda to be censorious, to lend what they call context, or other words, their opinion on the matter, and to ensure that open and free discussion is limited on their platforms. This has, of course, led to a, a huge growth in alternative media uh, companies like Gab, Parler, rumble and i think this will ultimately lead to a greater fracturing in social media uh, as attention fractures across multiple platforms as people gravitate towards those platforms that they feel more safe within those ecosystems simply can't be found for everybody now on the mainstream social media platforms like youtube and facebook and instagram Number nine, most people prefer to not work from home after all. So an interesting observation is that there's never been more than 10% of Australia's workforce work from home before. And that number has not changed dramatically over the last 25 years, even though technology has improved to the degree that you can now easily facilitate working from home. You no longer need big bulky computers from your laptop. You can access online servers and, and certainly plug into most workplaces regardless of where you might be around the planet. But people still have a preference to go to work, whether that's a need for routine or the discipline that being physically in a place provides is not so clear. But it does seem that people do not prefer to work from home after all, as much as they might well talk it up. It would appear that at the peak of the pandemic, about 25% of the workforce was working from home. But uh, those numbers have certainly come back to something much more normal as people seemingly felt distracted and unable to focus in the same way that they could in their more traditional workplaces. I will say, though, that there will be many, many people as a result of the pandemic that are now getting into a bit of life design. They perhaps had a taste of how things might be if they worked outside of the existing paradigm. And those people now, I guess, have been given a green light to experiment even more with their life and to ensure that they're getting the very best work-life balance. Number 10 observation is that we learned that China doesn't really like Australia after all. The end of 2020 saw a, a huge increase in China's tariffs on Australian goods. China has increasingly become uh, Australia's number one trading partner, as it has done for many countries around the world. It's fair to say that many of our export industries now have a high dependence on China consumption. And initially, China, uh, as a result of Australia calling for uh, more transparency around COVID-19 and its rapid spread out of Wuhan and around the rest of the world, uh, was uh, met with political resistance that translated then into diplomatic attempts to alter Australia's posture. And when that didn't work, 
economic sanctions ensued. So there are now uh, many tariffs in place on goods that previously uh, were exempt. Um, Australia has taken uh, the view that this is best decided at the World Trade Organization and has applied to have the matter heard there. But in the meantime, billions and billions and billions of dollars uh, in Australia uh, is uh, being lost and uh, small businesses, wineries, food businesses, farmers um, are now uh, having to readjust very, very quickly as China is exerting its power and influence as the world's number one consumer and is seeking to leverage that in order to alter uh, Australia's foreign policy. This uh, perhaps gives us an insight into what China as a superpower will be. And it doesn't seem that China will be our friend. So 2021 predictions. Number one, the real estate market will remain tight with lenders working closely with those in hardship to ensure that the predicted tsunami wave of mortgagee sales does not come to market. Number two, as restrictions ease and international travel resumes, I predict more lockdowns, deeper restrictions and greater economic disruption with or without a vaccine. The truth is that if COVID is the benchmark set for pandemics, then we are likely to be hit by more viruses of similar death rates in the foreseeable future. Number three, properties on larger allotments will command a premium, not just for the subdividability, but for their livability in the event of prolonged shutdowns. No one wants to be held up in, a, in an apartment for weeks on end. Um, after all, we'd all much prefer to have a little bit of land around us if indeed we are going to be locked in our homes uh, for any long period of time. Number four predictions for 2021. More record prices will come in 2021 as interest rates remain low and stock remains tight. Number five, I predict that negative rates will become a talking point if an economic recovery is not imminent by the third quarter or if we're hit hard with new lockdowns once more. Number six, more will be spent on home renovations and less people, as less people, will be going on holidays. And this is already a trend that emerged through the middle of last year as people weren't able to travel internationally, they were looking for ways to improve the home that they were stuck in. Um, so builders um, were renovating, uh, renovation builders in particular, uh, plumbers, tilers and the like, didn't only find themselves super busy because of the $25,000 builders grant incentives. It was really because consumers were now turning to improving their homes as they couldn't spend their money on a holiday in Fiji. Uh, so that $10,000 went on an update in the kitchen bench tops instead. So number seven, the $25,000 builder's grant will be extended. Um, and I think a lot of these stimulus measures that have come into play uh, over the last uh, six to nine months will remain with us for some time or for as long as the economy remains sluggish. It would appear that the $25,000 builder grant that became available, that's a if you're building a home in Australia um, and if you are, or if you're improving 
uh, an existing property and renovating a property uh, for works of over $150,000 or building a home. And I think the top end price is around $800,000 in a recent adjustment to that figure, then you will get $25,000. And in South Australia, the jurisdiction that I sell in, the um, that is topped up to $40,000 with a $15,000 state grant. So if you're a South Australian resident and you're building here right now, and it's the first time that you've done so, you will receive $40,000 in federal and state grants to make that possible. Number eight prediction for 2021, a QR code system or a tracking system will be administered outside of the emergency declaration. Now, emergency declarations are being made uh, around the world at the moment by, um, now in South Australia, that's uh, made by the emergency coordinator who is the, uh, in, a, in South Australia, and usually the police commissioner. Um, but in most jurisdictions, um, it may be the, uh, the governor, for instance. Um, and it's during the uh, pandemic, and during a declared emergency, those that have the executive power distilled in their hands are able to make decrees outside of legislation. So this means that we are now living effectively under executive decree. Um, and that is how these tracking systems have been mandated. They simply wouldn't be legislated in time. And it's also why these emergency declarations have been extended, even though in many jurisdictions in Australia, the threat of a COVID uh, explosion of cases and, and the threat of COVID putting pressure on our hospital systems is very, very low. But nonetheless, um, the government are keen to continue to track people. And the only way that they're legally allowed to do that currently is through an emergency declaration. I think that you'll see some legislation pop up in the new year across jurisdictions around the world that will provide governments with the legal capacity to track private members of society um, under the pretense of keeping them safe. Always something to be very wary of when the government's trying to keep you safe. But nonetheless, uh, number nine prediction for 2021, word of mouth will still be how most people find a real estate agent. It's true. You know, it's um, as much as um, other means of uh, marketing are certainly effective. There is no better way still to this day. Uh, for uh, people to, uh, well, for me to receive uh, business then through word of mouth. And um, and that's something that we work really hard on uh, in my business. And, um, and I guess second to word of mouth though would be, and this is number 10, social media is firming as a very, very close second. So that's why when other agents ask me, why that it is that I'm spending so much time on my social strategy, it is simply because it is worth it. It's uh, There's a lag time and there's a discipline required for it. So it's uh, an, actually an enormous amount of work. And especially when you're a pioneer in the space and you're not following really an existing template, there uh, is not a playbook for real estate agents on how to be successful on social media. Um, it would appear that even those that are boasting of their successes on social media um, aren't really um, abiding by all of the principles that 
uh, we've been working on especially with respect to my page uh, over recent times so social media is firming as a close second there's an enormous opportunity there for small businesses around the world not just real estate agents but uh, there's a great uh, opportunity for businesses to work on their social media strategy in 2021 because there's still um, an enormous amount of opportunity available for those few businesses in any sector that do it really well. We've certainly been the beneficiary of that over recent times as uh, our often larger competition has struggled to be nimble and flexible enough to attune themselves uh, to the ever-changing social media landscape. So I'm blessed to have emerged from 2020 stronger than how I entered it. But I have enormous empathy for those people who are still struggling under the burden of living through this pandemic. In the next week, I will be launching my new website, which will be singularly the greatest resource ever created by a real estate agent for the public. This will be a world first and something I've wanted to do for some time. And really, the pandemic gave me the opportunity to... Uh, work through this project. Um, so I'm super excited uh, to share that with you all. So uh, thanks again for reading the newsletters, listening to the podcast, commenting on the Facebook posts, and just generally speaking, spreading the good word about what I do. Certainly without that word of mouth, um, regardless of whether that might also be on social media, um, my business wouldn't be where it is today. Um, and I thank everybody who tunes in from around the world. We, we've got a particularly large audience in the United States states for instance and so it's wonderful to see that much of what i talk about in these podcasts although are really about what's going on locally but because those first principles are applicable anywhere uh, those um uh, those agents around the world are benefiting from that consumers are benefiting from it and i hope that the helpful hints and tips that i share in this podcast continue to help you make and save tens of thousands of dollars in real estate i'm dave from real and i'll look forward to bringing you more next time Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Property Pulse podcast. We've now had over 15,000 downloads from people from all around the world. I want to thank everybody who has tuned in. And if you have and you've enjoyed the content, then please, you know you found a home here on the podcast. Subscribe away to ensure that you're receiving notifications of all future episodes. I'm Dave Stockbridge and I look forward to bringing you more next time.